Welcome to another YFE Chat Live. Tonight's guest is Susie Mai. She's the co-founder of Mai Tai Global, a event network or in a net <laughs> networking event company. I'm thrilled to have her on. As you can see, she was recently featured in an Instagram photo alongside Richard Branson, actually writing on his back while kiteboarding. And so we're going to get the story behind that. We're going to get the story behind uh, Mai Tai Global and everything entrepreneurship and action sports with Susie Mai. So stay tuned for the next 30 minutes and use the hashtag YFE chat. Like I said, to another YFE Chat Live. It's episode 105. I'm your host, Jennifer Dono. You can tweet us using the hashtag YFE Chat for the next 30 minutes live. If you're watching this after the fact on YouTube or on iTunes, make sure that you comment below the video or wherever you're watching. Get connected over Twitter using the same hashtag. So this is a 30-minute live webcast, and tonight's episode 105 is featuring Susie Mai, and it's brought to you by Ovali TV. Ovali believes in building community through shared experiences. We produce professional live webcasts that bring tribes together. And by MailChimp. MailChimp is the best way to design, send, and share email newsletters. You can get started today at MailChimp.com for free. So make sure that you're signed up for our mailing list at yfe.me forward slash mailed it. That's the best way to stay in touch with everything that happens at Young Female Entrepreneurs. We have the action calendar that's came out, that just came out. It's a new version. It's at dailyactioncalendar.com. And then we also have the Bootstrap Book Club that's starting off with a new book. We're doing Gabrielle Bernstein's uh, Miracles Now starting next month. Uh, the Daily Action Calendars is a nice segue into our featured guest, who, like I said at the very beginning, is Susie Mai. She's the co-founder of Mai Tai Global. And uh, <laughs> so funny story. Uh, I'm very set on making conscious decisions on moving forward and really uh, doing things I've always been interested in now. So I'm actually pretty pregnant. I'm going to have a baby <laughs> soon. And uh, I'm so excited to just be done with this because this summer I want to kiteboard. And I've been scared of doing this for a very long time. But Susie Mai, I found out about her, first of all, from um, one of our clients brought on a guest who had gone to their events and mentioned her. So I started following her on Instagram. And that's when I got inspired to actually try out kiteboarding or want to try it out in the first place because it's a scary sport. <laughs> um, so anyway, then my brother, who follows Richard Branson, last week, he follows him on Instagram, randomly posted up this picture of a woman on his back kiteboarding <laughs> on Richard Branson's back. So I commented below, I was like, oh my gosh, that's Susie Mai. <laughs> I got so excited. So anyway, without further ado, Susie, thank you so much for showing up tonight and uh, chatting with us. Yeah, awesome, thank you for having me. So I should say right now that you're actually in the Dominican Republic, so our internet might be a little spotty. Um, but before this, you were in Hong Kong. Before that, were you in Utah? We were at yeah, we were in Utah doing a snow kiting version of the Mai Tai events. Okay, so what is Mai Tai? Mai Tai is it's a little bit hard to describe, but it's basically, we, we've been called the anti-conference, which is a term that I really liked for it. We basically bring together entrepreneurs, innovators, and athletes, and we try to create an environment that's really great for networking and just kind of pushes people 
to try out new things, like you said, and inspires people. So, so who shows up to these events? Because the guy that I talked to, um, he was kind of like an amateur kiteboarder, and he was out of Silicon Valley, and he was very well connected. And he was saying that it's venture capitalists, entrepreneurs. Um, so who actually attends these? Yeah, it's a it's a really mixed bag actually. We have people from all you know all across the board. We have, like you said, VCs. We have um, you know people that are just starting a company, like very fresh entrepreneurs. We have some very accomplished people in there. You know, every you know we 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 have everything. And the cool thing about it is, you don't actually have to know how to kite surf to go to a mai tai. You just have to be interested in it. And um, it's it's one of those things where. Like you said, the person that you talked to was like an amateur kiteboarder. It doesn't really matter what your kiteboarding level is, but you can come into this sort of environment and come and ride and hang out with some of the best in the in, in the sport. And um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of sums it up. I so, guess. as far as men and women go, is there a pretty equal representation at each event, or is this kind of like a dude dude fest? No, we just get men. <laughs> And, and I'm all about getting the girls involved. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I'd like to think we're doing great on trying to keep it pretty even. Well, that's what I, I was looking at the photos, and I was really impressed because it seemed like it was very even. I, the photos that Richard Branson was posting, I mean, it's, it's all ladies there. <laughs> so well, He likes to do that, right? Yeah. So uh, let's go into how this actually got started because I love the story behind uh, how, because, you know, Mai and Tai, that's the two last names of the founders. I mean, how, I think you mentioned it in an article as being serendipitous, and that's kind of what it seems like. So uh, how did you get into this in the first place? Let's talk about, I mean, you're a pro kiteboarder, and did you have an entrepreneurial background? No, I didn't actually. So I, I just randomly got introduced by a mutual friend to a VC in Silicon Valley whose name is Bill Tai. And this is nine years ago now, so we're coming up on year ten of my tie next year, which is pretty oh, exciting. Wow. And at the time, I was just you know doing my thing as a pro kiteboarder. I was competing on the world tour, and um, we we get we get introduced, and Bill writes me an email and goes, "Dude, our names together spell my tie. That's, that's <laughs> cool." And I was just kind of like, "Who is this guy? What you know? What what the hell is he saying?" I didn't even know what a mai tai was because we don't have them in the Dominican Republic. It's like a very Hawaiian drink. Um, but so anyways, uh, Bill was an avid uh, windsurfer before and, and then you know tried to learn to kite surf. And he basically contacted me and asked me if I could come and help him teach some of his friends how to kite. And I agreed to it. So I flew to Maui, met with them. And it kind of just, it was, I think it was like 10 people the first year. It was just 10 of Bill's friends who turned out to be like, CEO of Expedia, you know, they, they just, they were all very accomplished tech entrepreneurs and um, they were all very fun people because back then I knew nothing about tech. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I just remember kind of that first year, one of the really surreal experiences um, for me was someone that worked at Google, I think it was, asked me a very, very simple question about how to attach his lines to his kite. And I just remember thinking like, wow, this guy like, this guy can code, and he's asking me how to attach his lines to his kite. It was just, it was, it was kind of funny. I think that's where the dynamic started. I think it was just the combination of having a pro athlete, you know, someone that those guys look up to who are learning to kite surf, and then obviously some of the smartest people in the world, which is something that we athletes can look up to. Um, that's kind of where the dynamic started, and that's why Mai Tai is 
become such a big deal now. So now this is what I really enjoyed about um, one of the articles that I, I read that you wrote. And it's so my husband is a very big action sports guy. And so Red Bull, the channel on Apple TV coming up was a huge deal in our household. Um, but he's been watching behind the scenes of Supercross. And it's insane to hear these guys train. I mean, I've seen you in pictures with Travis Pastrana and all these guys. And I'm just thinking, you know, the people that you surround yourself with are just I mean, they're pro athletes, but what you said was interesting in the article is that what distinguishes you, you guys from like a, a football player who's dedicated his life to it is that you're not making the millions and millions of dollars that you're able to retire on afterwards. So once you hit the age of 30, you're kind of like, okay, what do I do now? Because I mean, you're not competing anymore, right? No. So I, I guess in a way, it's a good thing that we don't, there's no handbook for all of these free sports, whether it's, you know, even skateboarding, surfing, which is now more established. But yeah, mainly the young sports like kiteboarding, like supercross, I think it's almost good because it really forces you to think outside of the box and you really have to go out there and figure something out for yourself. And it's really cool because, like you said, the people that I surround myself with um, are kind of, they've all kind of done that. You know, you mentioned Travis Pastrana. He built a big action sports resort in Panama called Nitro City uh, two years ago. And so, you know, he's like, He's like going down that route. He's also doing live performances with Nitro Circus Live and stuff like that. And it's just, it happens all around. And one of my things at the very beginning before I kind of knew about, you know, where my Tai was going or if that was going to be a thing, um, I started going into photography and I designed my own line of kiteboarding equipment for women. Um, so, but but from, from the very beginning almost, like from year two or three, you're sat there and you're faced with the challenge of like, what am I going to do later, right? Just like you said. Well, and I think it's so interesting what you've done is that you're bringing these athletes and like you mentioned in the article, you're surrounding them with uh, these venture capitalists where we talk about this a lot on the show where you, if you want to contact a mentor, you always need to be able to give them back something in return. And that's a hard thing for a lot of people to do. You guys are so lucky in that you do. You're, like you said, you're talking to a Google guy about how to attach lines and he's a super smart person. Uh, so I feel like you guys are really lucky in that sense. So you're giving back to your to your peers, your ath, um, your athlete peers, in that sense, and that they're they're showing up and learning uh, how to do this. Now, you, you yourself, you said Travis Pastrana. You know he's getting creative and how he's building kind of his own little empire. But you have the women's line, like you said. Um, who's the company that you're doing that with? My kite sponsor is Cabrina. That's right. And, you know, I have it pulled up on my um, computer at home because I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to use this equipment. And it's so fun. But one of the things that drew me to you is that you're not in your, you know, you're not kind of like the broad shouldered. And I don't mean this in any uh, like a offensive way or anything like that. You're not like the butch kind of I just you I can relate to you. Yeah, You're very so feminine. And that's something that's definitely set you apart. And I mean, how has that worked out in your favor? I think, yeah, so I think that's the beauty of kite surfing, right? There's a lot of finesse. There's a lot of technique involved. You don't have to be a big, strong dude to do it. And that's kind of why from the very beginning, I kind of set out to try and get more girls on the water. That's always been my mission. It's always been my thing. When I started kiteboarding here, I was the only girl out there for three or four years. Like I'd never even seen another girl kiteboarding. And uh, finally went to Maui and saw a bunch of other women. And it, it was just so cool. But not only that, but the men as well, right? If you're not a huge bodybuilder, you're not going to look at a strong guy on the beach and be like, yeah, I can do that. But if you <laughs> see a little girl go out and do it, 
even the guys that aren't, you know, huge, big, muscular dudes, they can they can look at me and be like, oh, cool, this is a cool sport, and I can, I can try this, I can do this. So that's always, yeah, that's always been my goal, and I think kiteboarding is just such a cool sport because of that, because there are so many facets to it. You know, you can grab a surfboard, the same surfboard that you surf on in the waves, you can go out on that, have the kite tow you into the waves, you can ride your wakeboard just like you would behind a boat, there are just so many different variations, and I think that women kiting, that, that's definitely its own category, and you know we don't need to go out and be like the guys, and we can go out there and not do one million handle passes, which is like the very physical maneuver, and not become you know big, muscular ladies. We can just, it's, it, it, we can keep it girly, and we can keep it fun, so I think that's what's that's what's awesome about kiting, kiting. Yeah, I was definitely inspired looking through your Instagrams because I was thinking how nice it would be to not have to pack up. Like with dirt biking, we have to put them up in the back of our trucks and we have to like, it's a whole deal to go out. Or with a boat, if you want to go wakeboarding, you have to get the boat out to the water. If it's kiteboarding, what I imagine it being is putting the gear in the back of your car and driving to wherever is windy. Is that like, yeah. is that fair to say? <laughs> it all fits in your trunk or in a small golf bag like it's that easy yeah so one of the things that I liked about Mai Tai I was talking to another female entrepreneur about this recently was that I feel like a lot of the events that are geared towards entrepreneurs or geared towards women and specifically are all about you know you get to an event you have drinks and you go home with a swag bag and it's all very just I don't know, it's very planned out and very gimmicky, and I just don't like them. And I love the idea that Mai Tai brings people together over a common interest other than entrepreneurship. So whose idea, was this Was this your partner's idea that's coming to this? I mean, how did all of this come into play? You said you've been doing this for 10 years. Well, yeah, we're coming up on that. So yeah, at the beginning, like I said, it was very informal. And I think it just stayed informal, and we needed a little bit more structure as we had more attendees. but. It's still, anyone that goes to a Mai Tai will agree, like, we're not the most super duper organized. There's an agenda, but if you don't want to do the stuff on the agenda, you don't really have to. So do you um, do you work to introduce attendees? I mean, is it all about kiteboarding? Does, is there like... About, at the end of the day, it's all about the sport, and that's what seems to work for everybody. That's what seems to, like, make everybody, you know, because it's, it's, it's quite a great icebreaker, too, for these guys, especially when we have new people coming in. I mean, just imagine being in Hawaii with a hundred other people that are, you know, no one's wearing name tags. Everyone's in their board shorts and bikinis, right? Everyone's <laughs> like, there's no, already your first layer is kind of gone, right? So you're already just kind of human to human in a way. And we've had it many, many times where someone would come up to me and be like, oh, you don't even know. I just rescued some dude's kite and it turns out he was the founder of Skype or something like that. You know, it's like, it's so we don't actually... We have we have a uh, we have two mornings on we, we usually our events run Wednesday to Sunday, uh, usually on the Thursdays and Fridays we have panels in the morning and we have a quick round of intros, but we don't have any formal tools like other conferences where it's like meet this person here's the network like here's the name tag we don't we don't really do that and it it seems to work. I think that's such a smart idea and hopefully other women that are watching this will be inspired if it's not kiteboarding, if it, you know, some other kind of passion that they can bring the event around because it seems like that really makes sense at the end of the day. Uh, so Susie, now as far as Richard Branson goes, how did he end up, how did you end up on his Instagram feed? Okay, um, it's actually a funny story behind that. We, I've been friends with 
the Branson family for quite some time. Again, the kiteboarding connection. He was a kiteboarder very early on. I got invited to his island in the Caribbean, which is an awesome spot for kiteboarding. And, you know, as kind of Mai Tai started developing and it started getting more hype, I, you know, I would, I would tell Richard, hey, you should come to Mai Tai in Maui. And he just kind of went, it's so far away. Why don't we do one on Necker? So, of course, we went ahead and did a Mai Tai on Necker, followed by another Mai Tai on Necker, followed by our third Mai Tai on Necker this January. And when we were out there this time, um, he's, he's always, you know, up to something. He's always got some shenanigans <laughs> to sleep. And he actually, I forget what it was that he saw, but someone recently broke the record for having three people on one kite and one board. And he looked at me and he was like, we're going to we're gonna break that record while you guys are here. And I was kind of like, yeah, okay, cool. I don't even know what he's talking about at this point. And um, he goes, we're going to put four people on a kite. It'll be really great. It'll be easy. <laughs> and so we go out. And that photo that you saw on Instagram is actually the first of a series of photos. So if you, he's got it on his blog. And um, that one was two people on one kite, right? So I'm on his back, pretty easy. It was actually pretty easy still. Then we added another friend. Um, bear in mind, we had to find the smallest girls on the island. Um, so we found someone else who was pretty tiny. Um, and then we both got on his on each shoulder. That was three people on a kite. So, you know, we'd matched the record, but we hadn't beaten it yet. And then he goes, he goes, so now we're going to try four. Only you're going to stand on the board with me. You're going to sit on the board with me while I kite and the two girls are on each shoulder. <laughs> and it was it was touch and go. I had I mean it was pretty crazy to be honest. We were out drift. We were drifting off the island. There was a boat there trying to like keep up with us. We tried and tried and tried, and in the end, everything t came together for about a minute, and we got up and rode. And there we were, four of us on one kiteboard, and he submitted it to the Guinness Book of World Records, and it got accepted. So <laughs> that's, that's where crazy. that photo comes from. How fun. I mean, just looking at your life from uh, just your Instagram pictures, like I was looking through and I saw you in Hong Kong and then Utah and I was like, oh my gosh, I hope you can still come. <laughs> You're constantly flying. And so, I mean, from a very young age, your life to me on the outside looks insanely exciting. So you, uh, your parents moved you to the Dominican Republic, um, yep. where you are right now. And uh, from there, when did you, this is my favorite part, is how you picked up uh, kite surfing and how you actually went to your first competition. So, so it was, yeah, again, it was all a bit of an accident, really. I don't know. I feel like I just get lucky um, with these things because I had no plan of being a pro athlete. In fact, I was not athletic when I was in high school. I was the computer, well, not the computer nerd. I was a computer game nerd. I was like playing PlayStation all day with my friends. And... Um, I just happened to live in, so my parents moved to this town because they were windsurfers, and so the conditions for windsurfing here were pretty great. This is back in the 80s. And naturally, when kiteboarding came along, this became a big kiteboarding destination. And so one of our friends opened a kiteboarding school and told me and my best friend that we needed to learn to kitesurf because there weren't any girls kitesurfing. And so we tried it, and we kind of liked it. I liked it a little more than she did, so I was kind of going going and learning every day after school and it was probably like eight months after I first started to really learn to kite um, that we had a World Cup come to the town so 
being the only girl here, I got a spot where I didn't have to, I, had, I got a wild card into the main event. I didn't have to do qualifiers. And I remember my dad just kind of saying, oh, well, you know what? You're cool. You got a spot in the main event. All you can be is last, right? And um, turns out I actually made it all the way to the final and was up against the world champion, ended up being second in my first ever competition. No idea. My Like, I didn't know how good I was at the time, but I guess my level was pretty high, so then things just snowballed from there. I got sponsored. Um, I continued on the tour, and yeah, it was it was really kind of just... I was just kind of like, okay, cool, let's let's run with this and see where it goes. And then every year I got, I would get my contract renewed. And then I got sponsored by Red Bull. I, I wa actually won what is considered the biggest kiteboarding competition called the Red Bull King of the Air. I won that three times in a row in 2003, 2004, and 2005. Got picked up by Red Bull and it, it just kept going. And I'm like, okay, cool, we'll keep it going. <laughs> That's crazy. So now as far as, I mean, you're sponsored by Red Bull, who is, I mean, that's kind of like what I consider as being the the premium sponsor type of a deal that you get into that Absolutely. world. How has that been working with a company like Red Bull? Red Bull have been, you know, they are in many cases make or break for any athlete. Red Bull are, like you said, they are the top company out there. They have the most solid marketing around extreme sports they're into everything they're very good at supporting every new sport that comes along so of course they were into kiteboarding from day one um it's 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 almost like you get brought into this little family this little community and the thing about them is they really care so they'll take you on as a young athlete and they'll really hold your hand and guide you through the whole process that is this this whole crazy you know because your life changes drastically from the moment that you decide to go pro at a sport like you're not going to go down the regular road you're not going to live in one place and they're 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 you know they're amazing they're an amazing family to be part of and i am pretty i mean it's safe to say i wouldn't have made it as far as i did or you know anywhere near as far as i did without red bull is red bull would you consider them uh, to be one of the first companies to get behind action sports or to be i i almost think of them as being responsible for getting action sports to where it is today i mean skateboarding is now on espn and i mean i well they have been for some time now but do you feel like they are responsible for it absolutely and they really throw their weight behind everything they do and i mean it gets to the point where they actually support entire industries just by putting on what is the only series. Like, um, I don't know if you ever saw the Red Bull Air Race. Which oh, is like yes. A, oh, my uh, gosh. Yes. Yeah. So they do all kinds of stuff. But in the Red Bull Air Race, for example, that that's the only place where a professional stunt pilot can go. And, you know, that's it's not the world tour, but it's the only tour out there. Right. So they're feeding that entire industry. They're They're definitely responsible for the growth of many, many sports, I think. Well, see, I am I think that's an interesting um, point of view when you're looking at it from an entrepreneur's perspective. If you have this company, because they're an, uh, an energy drink and it definitely fits into the whole thing, Red Bull gives you wings, but they're able to support something that I'm sure all of them are very passionate about within the sports industry. And they're able to not only market their company, but get into something that really is helping out, like you said. So with all of this experience, as far as you know, having your own kiteboarding line, um, working with sponsors like Red Bull, uh, being close-knit friends type 
people with <laughs> Richard Branson. What advice would you give to another young female entrepreneur who is who's getting started in business or who is going through the rough periods? Like you mentioned in one of your articles that being in action sports, you're already kind of set up to naturally take in failures better than others. So it kind of translates well to entrepreneurship. So what advice would you give to us? Yeah, I mean, I would say the main thing that I've learned is, so I, I just had my second knee surgery. Like you said, you know, there's ups and downs. Um, I would say the main thing that I learned is to, if you over plan, I, I'm not, I, I plan to a degree, but if you over plan, I think you miss opportunities. So I think the main thing is is not to miss opportunities by getting too caught up in one thing or another and by keeping an open mind. And like you said, Failure is part of the game. It's always going to happen to everybody. So don't be surprised when something doesn't go the way that you thought it would. Um, and yeah, definitely my the main thing that's always worked for me is I haven't tied myself down in any way. So I'm, you know, I'm able to take these opportunities when they come knocking on my door. Well, and as far as the luck goes, like you said, you feel that luck brought on a lot of these opportunities. How do you, why are you lucky in that sense, whereas, you know, the next girl might not be? Is that just because you, like you said, you don't overplan and you just kind of let things come as they go? I don't know why. I, <laughs> well, I don't know. Susie, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. I really appreciate it. I know that you have a busy schedule and hopefully everyone will feel inspired to pick up kiteboarding. And so where can everyone follow you after this? So um, my Facebook page, just facebook.com forward slash Susie Mai. It's the thing that I use the most. Um, my blog is susiemai.com. And um, yeah, we, you know, my Instagram handle is at Susie Kite. So is my Twitter handle. And yeah, that kind of should give you a good idea of what I'm doing. All right. Well, thank you again for showing up and for um, giving us all some awesome advice. And congratulations on the world record with Richard Branson. Such thank a funny you. story. Yeah. I'm hoping it's one of many. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, thank you, Susie. Thank you. Bye. All right, everyone, you've been watching Susie Mai. She's the co-founder of Mai Tai Global. Make sure that you follow her, especially like she said on Facebook. Uh, make sure that you can check out all her photos because it is, it's incredibly inspiring. And even as an entrepreneur, if you have no interest in getting into kite surfing, you at least get to see the work that she puts into the discipline that it takes. Like she said, she had a knee injury. If you look through her Instagram photos, what she had to go through to get past that, to get back on her board, it's just all very inspiring. So you've been watching YFE Chat Live, the live show that happens every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern here on YFELive.com. I've been your host, Jennifer Dono. Tweet me at Jennifer Dono. Use the hashtag YFEChat and make sure if you're watching this later on YouTube.com or on, in or um, what's that other one called? iTunes. <laughs> so you comment uh, below the video. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a great rest of your week.